Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scions of the Southland. My, my name is Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me is a man who loves all-star games in his city, Mr. Jake Grant. How are you doing tonight, sir? Oh, I'm fine. It's, uh, it's been quite a day. Uh, beautiful day in Atlanta, too. Oh, yes. It has been a very good weather weekend to host the all-star game. And uh, not totally full of uh, incidents around town, for sure. Yeah, um, it was definitely uh, a busy weekend on flight radar above Midtown. But, uh, you know. It happens when you're, the, uh, when you're apparently the basketball capital of the world for a weekend. Who knows? I mean, as much as I would love to believe that Atlanta is the uh, basketball capital of the world, uh, both Madison Square Garden and Candace Parker's uh, press conference describe other cities as those, but we don't have to get into that on this well, podcast. I'm curious as to what who, who Candace Parker named this basketball capital of the world. Sir, if I'm mentioning it, you already know the answer of what I'm going to say next. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. Okay, we're not going there. We do have a lot to get to today. Um, some of them are short updates. Some of them are long. I just watched Texas uh, completely blow a dunk on national television, which was cool. Um, so <laughs> how about we get started and see what we can get to today? Yeah, let's, uh, let's rock and roll. All right, uh, our usual 30 minutes on the clock, and here we go. Let's start with track, field, and cross country, since all four of those sports, three of those sports, question mark, uh, are effectively the same thing. Uh, The women's track and field team scored an NCAA berth earlier today. Thoughts? Uh, Yeah, Uh, track is... uh... Is definitely been interesting. Um, we've been kind of sitting on the the cross country invite since the fall, since they pushed that back, um, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of been the highlight of the program. If you look at a lot of our success, both on the men's and women's side in the indoor track season, um, Nicole Feagans, Andrew Kent uh, will be heading to indoor track NCAA's, but the women's cross country team as a whole has been top fifteen this entire spring after. Uh, getting second in the conference to uh, North Carolina State in the fall. So it wasn't – unlike unlike 2018 uh, when it was a pretty big – or was it 2018 or 19? I don't know. Time all time, runs together. I think – Time is just hmm. fluid at this point. Yeah. Anyways, the year, the year we got 30th, uh, I was football chair, so I think that was 2018 then. Anyways, um, 2019, 2018, whatever it was, we kind of snuck into the uh, – NCAA field up in Madison. It was very chilly, et cetera. But uh, now this is the, I think, high water mark of cross country um, in terms of how old they are. But, you know, we had a, we had a solid year. Uh, I don't think we have the depth to go number one overall. NC State kind of blew the doors off of us in the ACCs, but a solid top 20 program. Uh, and they will definitely get their chance to prove it now. And, uh, we look forward to that. All right. Let's slip over to the Waterborne track uh, and talk about swimming's NCAA berth, specifically on the women's side. Uh, diving is still in progress today. I believe it's the Zone B Championships. 
Um, and we did see Cameron Hidalgo notch an NCAA berth there. Uh, but you have some news on the normal swimming front, don't you? Yeah. Um, so as we've kind of alluded to last week, NCAAs are weird. Um, but uh, the ladies, after having actually more than usual uh, off their team, uh, and again, I know it's a little bit hard to say a team that finished their best ever finished ninth in the conference. Um, and, you know, you don't you really hear a ton about them saying that it's like their best year ever. But sending two individuals to uh, the NCAAs on the women's side is definitely more than uh, it's kind of punching above our typical weight. And they're both sophomores, uh, Mackenzie Campbell and Brooke Schweitzer. Um, they'll be going back to Greensboro for that. Um, I believe Campbell is in the 400 IM and 200 fly. Uh, when I wrote it down on our notes, I halved both of those. <laughs> um, her 400 IM time is, is quite good. Um, and then Brooke Schweitzer will be in the 200 free. Um, all those times are in the top 35 in the country. So not necessarily expecting to see them score points, but Hey, maybe they'll, maybe they'll taper hard and, uh, we'll collect at least, uh, I guess a point two, three. You can't really get a lot when you don't have relays. So, uh, we'll see. I, like I said, Cameron Hidalgo will also be representing Georgia Tech on the diving side. I didn't see any news of the men, of like official men's entries today. I those are, I think that's delayed a week on the timeline. Kind of like uh, women's basketball, men's basketball are offset a week to kind of like separate the hype. Um, that's it, this is the same way for NCAA's. Usually, I shouldn't say usually. Um, Often they're hosted by the same facility uh, and you can't host that many athletes uh, even in normal times for that high profile to meet back to back on the same days. Uh, so to space that out, um, they usually offset them a week. So I think next week we can kind of expect to see that. But uh, we will be able to see Ruben Lechuga. Uh, he's our male diver at Zones, um, possibly uh qualifying this week notching his name to the the several we know who are actually already going um so unlike the women where it was kind of like a will we get anybody question mark um it was uh we were we're sending at least four or five guys to uh ncaa's and the men's um so the women will i guess i shouldn't say they won't be alone because the men are going to iowa city but uh they'll be there in spirit in greensboro uh this coming uh i think it's next week that they'll be up there. So, yeah. Time, location, geography, what is it really? The words all run together at some point, man. I'll tell you that. On the space-time continuum, it's all the same. It's, it's all the same. Moving right along to both tennis programs. Uh, bit of a mixed bag. Uh, the women's program went up to Wake Forest. And got swept, but then uh, battled back to beat number 11 NC State. Uh, and then the men's program took their talents to Clemson, notched a win there, and then came back home and swept Georgia Southern. Thoughts here? Yeah, so uh, we had the women and the men in action this weekend. Uh, the women actually uh, got a nice win today. Like, it's, it's hard to get uh, the Wake Forest loss in there, uh, mostly because. Our, our women are generally better across the board than Wake. But uh, in terms of if you're going to drop one, they notched quite a nice win to make up for it. They won doubles this morning and then collected three singles wins, I believe, 
in order to round out the day. NC State is a program that we've had quite a bit of success against over the years. I believe we are 35 for our last 36 against them. So, uh, yeah, it's not often you can say that you have that kind of a a streak or record going against them. But uh, doubles took care of business. Uh, They were leading on the third court that got suspended when the point was one. Kenya won. Uh, Vicky Flores defeated uh, number 23, Alana Smith, in an interesting uh, court choice by uh, the NC State coach. Ava uh, Rostar got 6 0 6 1. She was up against a tough seed as well. Uh, and then Carol Lee uh, got the uh, fourth point down on uh, court six to decide the game. So. Yeah. How about over on the men's side? We talked, I, I sort of led with. You know, they went up to Clemson and notched that win, a 4-1 win, and then they came home and swept Georgia Southern. So yeah. what, how, what is sort of the temperature of this program, um, especially when compared to the women and, and the work that they're doing? Well, the, the women have more high-profile wins this year. They haven't been quite as consistent. Um, they probably have more of uh, existing success to build off of. Kenya Jones is, was around. Uh, Vicky Flores was around for their last big run but the men um if you didn't notice this week uh the ita rankings expanded from 25 to 50 for the halfway point of the season or roughly halfway point of the season and uh men's tennis was actually ranked 44th uh on those rankings so not too far um i mean yeah no not a top 25 team by any means but you know it's good to see them at least in the mix in the conversation and adding two wins clemson Generally, a team that we've been able to handle over the years, but Georgia Southern, uh, the men have really, really done a good job of cleaning up uh, against teams that, quite frankly, aren't even in anywhere close to their stratosphere. But knocking out Southern State, um, Kennesaw State, um, trying to think, we had we had another kind of bloodshed. It was a doubleheader against Kennesaw. I think we were 14-0'd Kennesaw. But no, if you want to get anywhere close to an NCAA berth, and we are still probably kicking around the outside of that, not not on the outside looking in by any means, um, you have to clean up there. And Clemson, that's when we can take, um, you know, all these all these other ones are nice wins to take. Auburn, uh, that was that was a nice one to have. But we will we will kind of have to see how exactly it plays out for them but uh seven and five you know looking at looking at a winning record at least for the time being is nice especially at the midpoint of the season that's it's a nice place to be yeah uh the meat of the schedule left is the acc season uh this is where you kind of have to start to prove it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay speaking of proving it uh, we have both basketball programs next up which one do you want to start with? Because both of them had very interesting weeks. Yeah, um, just the one that's fresher and and the one that I think we should probably uh, talk about first is women's basketball, just because they are kind of at a more, I guess, fine, not final, because obviously that obviously they're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament, as we'll break down. The situation in- is less dynamic. Yes, exactly. They're they're regular and ACC seasons are donezo. So to set the table here, women's basketball, they beat Pitt to end their ACC regular season. Um, They beat Clemson by a hair in the quarterfinal. They ended the season as a three seed. They automatically advanced to the quarterfinal with a double bye. Uh, And then they came within, honestly, just about five, two or five minutes 
of beating NC State, who went on to win uh, the ACC tournament title. That puts them, according to Charlie Cream and ESPN, uh, right around a six seed in Texas A&M's region, uh, and they'd start out playing 11 seed Mississippi State. Uh, so that's what the the you know the table stakes are right now for Georgia Tech women's basketball. Yeah, um, I think it's real kind of a, a relief to be staring at the end of the regular and uh, ACC tournament season, just because even for like the last three, four, five weeks, it's not been a certainty, but an expectation that this team uh, goes dancing. So for them to be at the point we kind of all expected them to be is, I don't want to say unsatisfying, but it's definitely been, you know, they, they rattled off seven, eight straight wins, something like that in the heart of the year. and. Since that point, I think they're four and five, maybe four and six. Um, it's definitely tailed off. I, yes. I think someone on Twitter said it best, and this isn't necessarily a disparaging comment toward, towards the women's program, but it's they in, in the middle of February, they were playing like a sweet 16-bound team. Like they could beat anyone any given day. And then you take the the you see that those losses to Boston College. And to UNC, especially sort of the fashion that both of those losses were in, and you start thinking, what like what is the ceiling for the season? I think is the thought that sort of crept in everyone everyone's minds because if you're putting together performances like that against obviously weaker competition, obviously you're on shorter rest, but that's the same way that the tournament works. What is really the ceiling of this program in in a 64 team bracket? I mean, I, I don't think the ceiling changes. I think, well, my slightly ridiculous theory as to what happened is that Georgia Tech can only have so much happiness. And uh, I don't think that's ridiculous at all. I 100% agree with you. Don't get me wrong. The, the women used up their portion of the happiness, and then they said, all right, men, uh, it's your turn to have some happiness. Here's your win streak. Go take it's it. It's all on a budget. It's, it's the exact same reason that softball has been uh, – rather questionable since the baseball season started baseball went all right guys all right ladies it's our turn we have the luck for a while now um call us when you need it um oh boy that's terrible sporting breakdown and that's not why you guys listen to this podcast so we're not just going to leave it at that the the women they finally played and we talked about this a little last week they finally got caught up with four months of the grind of an ACC schedule on essentially seven, sometimes eight players for the most part um, with what due to injuries due to opt-outs and, uh, and and the like, and having to play one game, three game, one game, three game, instead of that nice, even cadence of two, 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 that's hard for even, you know, a, a more rounded out nine, 10, 11 player roster. Um, and and kind of by design, like they, I'd rather them have, you know, gotten to the point where not it was an inevitability, but to where a tournament bid seemed comfortable. And yes, you want to be the hot team going into March, but this team has proven they can win. Uh, they could hang with NC State. Uh, they beat a not the same NC State team last year, but a very similar one uh, in their home gym. We hung with them for 45 minutes. They're not 45, 35 minutes. I don't know. I feel like I'm excusing a lot of uh, of stuff away, but 
Second season, 0-0. They haven't been to the tournament in seven years. I mean, you can't... 2012. It's almost like that It was nine years. I thought it was 2014 in my head. My bad. I don't know. We've, like, flip-flopped on this date multiple times and gotten it wrong, like, 50% of the time, really. So, pick one. My head's too full of heat transfer these days. Um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Just to be there... In, in, in Coach Fortner's second season, and, and you and I and the rest of the from the Rumble Seat Slack needs to eat a fair bit of public crow, so count us as this doing that. Coach Nell Fortner has outperformed my expectations in the first two years. Um, not saying it won't not saying it won't be disappointing if we if we lose in the first round or lose in the second round. Um, I think there's on some level, some implicit level, uh not an expectation, but at least a possibility hope. of that happening. It's, it's the hope. That's it's what the gets hope you. that kills you. It's always yes. the hope that kills you. But um, but no, uh, projected to be up against Mississippi State. Uh, that is a program that has seen some pretty high highs. Um, them in South Carolina over in the SEC um, over the last few years. We won't talk about any other programs uh, in Knoxville or Athens. They can sure won't definitely won't. No, no, no none. It, it's South Carolina and it's uh, Mississippi State. Beautiful Starkville. I got a YouTube ad for that today. I didn't know they had YouTube in Starkville, um, but uh, yeah, a lot of these programs <laughs> we're going to be getting. Uh, we're going to be getting someone and, and women's basketball. Maybe we might get lucky getting AQ in the first round. I'm not going to hold out hope for that. It's going to be a slog until they tell us we're not playing again the next day. So, yeah, I mean, you're playing again. You're still playing on short rest when you're talking about the tournament. I, my my thing is, how do you sort of juxtapose the perform those short rest performances in ACC play with the same format existing in in the tournament? Right. I I think there is some data. We can use, but also maybe you can say like, "Hey, they've been playing tougher opponents on those short rest games." Sometimes I don't, I don't know. I, I think that there is some merit to or to a concern. I think the worst you're going to get in a tournament is two games in a week. You play Thursday, you play Saturday, or you play Friday, you play Sunday, or you play Friday, Saturday, you play Thursday, Sunday. However, it shakes out. You are not going to be playing the same. All right, you have four games in eight days. Like yeah, that, that sucked. That that did suck, and that hurt us, especially with Sarah Bates on the shelf. And you know, you can't you can't have a thirty point performance from Lota Milan in every night. You can't have. You oh, know, she tried though. She sure tried. She tried. So did Loyal McQueen. These these girls are fighters, and that's why you can't count them out. It's because. Until that final whistle blows, we saw it in in the Clemson game too, right? Not the not the ACC tournament one, but the one where we were down nine with what under with two minutes to play, something stupid like a like a minute or a half minute left. In my head, it was sixty nine seconds, but that's probably wrong and just me trying to meme. Um, nice, but uh, you know the the jackets aren't out until that final whistle blows, and you know what. Thursday, Saturday looks a whole lot different than Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and, and I, I will take, I will take the two games in three days versus and and even in this tournament, you you want to put out ACC short rest. We took the number three team in the country down to the last three minutes of the game. Um, granted, 
we kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. But you're not going to be facing a situation quite that dire uh, when you're over in San Antonio. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's pivot over to the men's side again, setting the table here. Uh, I have in my show notes, LOL, fourth seed in the ACC on six-game win streak. What is life? I think that about sums it up. We've uh, counted this team dead after two bad wins to start the season. We counted them dead after that banked-in prayer of a buzzer beater um, at Clemson. But they won't die. <laughs> they it's, won't it's go just, away. They're the, they're, the, they're the knight from Monty Python that just says, "'Tis a flesh wound when he's missing yep. arms and legs." Hey, we are nine games. We are nine wins away from a national title right now. Don't and don't you do that crazy. to me. Don't call you do me that crazy. to me. But they could do it. I don't know. Well, just put that idea in your head. I'm not a yeah. bad person. I won't say I regret that at all. We can beat Virginia. We can beat Clemson. We've beaten FSU. Virginia Tech is a bunch of phonies. Look right. it up. All their wins are against Garbo ACC teams uh, or at home. And so don't don't at me on that. But uh, there's no one in this conference that we can't take. Okay, Not so I'm giving, you, I'm giving you one opportunity to hedge your, your statement that Georgia Tech will win the ACC tournament because I don't want someone to sound like clip this and use it as a soundbite on their bulletin board. I'm giving you one chance. Maybe I want Pastner to use this as a soundbite on our bulletin board. Mm. The the reverse psychology here is astounding. Listen, I'm not saying it's going to happen or it will happen or even that I think it'll happen, but it very much could, and you cannot count out that possibility. For the first time in either of our tech fandoms and probably a decent portion of the people that listen to this podcast, that – you can say we have at least somewhat decent odds of winning the conference tournament. Yeah, I think it's what, like 12.5%? Question yeah, I, it's, it's quite good. We have a 100% chance of making the quarterfinals. <laughs> uh, thank you, by the way, to Louisville for absolutely uh, – I don't even know what a good metaphor is for what they did versus UVA, but they did that, and UVA beat them. So – Thank you, Louisville, for multiple wins this weekend. Honestly, after that, uh, after that Monday game where we had to go into their place and they hadn't played in two weeks and that was our second game in 36 hours and all that nonsense, they kind of owed us one, I think. <laughs> that, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, the, the Georgia Tech uh, basketball men's basketball team – in their six-game win streak, it's not like they're playing, you know, half teams and, and, and cardboard cutouts. They knocked two solid teams off the bubble. Um, they beat a meh Wake Forest team. They beat a they destroyed a, a very meh Miami team. Um, they beat a ranked Virginia Tech team, a team we have struggled with in the past, uh, in their own building on a weeknight. Um, so you know the, the the biggest road win in ACC program history. That that those six those six games weren't flukes, is what I'm trying to say. No, I I agree, and I think it's sort of you can also say it's um, 
some of those earlier results that we've been complaining about, right? So those that the Duke game in Durham, the two Virginia games, et cetera, et cetera. So it's sort of like regressing to the mean in a way. That, that's kind of the way that I think. Higher than we've been playing. Progressing to the mean instead of regressing, progressing. Yeah, let's go sure. with that. There, sure. that but it's it's a right reset there. to the mean is my point. I, I think I think you're right in that the quality of the team is not necessarily reflective of dropping those close games. It's much closer to it's. I, I mean, it was they were fifty fifty games effectively, right? So you're just flipping the other side of the coin, and you, I mean, you almost beat Virginia to start off this like right before this win streak and you did beat Duke in the reverse fixture. So almost literally 50, 50 coin flips going the other way. Yeah. Um, a note I want to share is at 11 and six, I believe that puts us, at, yeah, that puts us at right about a six, four, seven, um, win percentage. This will be the highest ranked Georgia tech team to never have appeared in the AP poll. Or the Ooh. highest three percentage team to have never appeared in the AP poll. Um, yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Um, it's been a I'm weird just year. The teams of equal magnitude that we've had in the past, um, they've, you know, they've been able to. Uh, sorry, that's that's in conference is the eleven and sixteen. My bad. But the point is, a a uh, a team with that winning percentage uh, in the ACC. Uh, for Georgia Tech has always gotten votes. It has relieved a, received a lot more, and I guess they've get they've gotten their press now. But in order to get the good press, this team had to fall on a lot of swords. Some of them justifiable, but some of them, in, in my humble opinion, not justifiable. There's a lot of caveats that you can put on this season for Georgia Tech, but honestly, I think you know, let the good times roll in this case. <laughs> Yes, the, the, I'm a firm believer in fun. These guys are fun. They're enjoying themselves. They're winning. They like their coach. The staff is, you know, developed players great. I, there, are, you know, there's an entire off season to poke holes. Is what I'm oh, saying. Oh yeah. As, as somebody an, who, as somebody who defaults to, not not defaults, but can sometimes too easily be like, ah, oh, could be better. Ah, oh, why didn't we do this? Ah, oh, why didn't we do that? Wait till I get to the Louisville part of uh, the baseball section. Um, you know, we get to the the we coulda, woulda, shoulda. This is the first time we've been dancing in eleven years for a program that con- considers itself a at least respectable basketball school. This is and should be fun and enjoyable. So enjoy it while it lasts. We're going to see them play at least two more games. And when's the last time that we've been able to say that? When's the last time you saw Duke playing on day one of the ACC tournament? That's what I want to talk about. Literally, I don't think in my entire basketball fandom I've ever seen that happen. So I don't think you've seen that in your lifetime. There's, there's like an acute possibility that it, it may never have happened in your lifetime. It almost certainly predates the 15-team uh, field, uh, which is, I guess, only seven or eight years old. But mm, that's, that's something to dig into. Uh, anyway... The current tourney projection for men's basketball, they're in the last four buys. Uh, Joe Lenardi has them as an 11 seed in Michigan's region, and they would play Wisconsin uh, first. Scani lost to Iowa earlier today. I think they lost. I didn't actually look at the score uh, while I was watching that game. 
Uh, moving on to volleyball, which surprisingly does have a spring season and a spring schedule. They played Virginia in Pittsburgh because the ACC is doing this whole pods configuration deal. Uh, and they swept the Cavs uh, and then they will play Pitt at five tomorrow. So they're still ranked 18th in the country now that every, you know, all the teams and all the conferences are back in play. How do we feel after this opening salvo in the spring season? Yeah. Um, a note on the rankings before we dive into this, but uh, they uh, were up to as high as 16 uh, two weeks ago uh, after playing no games in the last four months. And that's not to say that other teams haven't been playing games. Like the rest of the country, including ACC programs, have been playing games. Oh, yeah. Tech is just not. Yep. Um, but uh, at, during the middle of set one, uh, Virginia, if you guys don't know, and I wouldn't expect you to remember uh, 2019 volleyball off the top of your head, Virginia's not very good. Uh, so the fact that we were going into some bonus volleyball um, had kind of Miami written all over it, if you remember. Questionable. The from, the, from the fall. You, you don't want to drop – uh, games, uh, sets, points, even to teams that, quite frankly, shouldn't even be on the same court as you. This is a better program. You're firing off a lot of very hot takes that could eventually come back to bite you. Actually, as as uh, my good swim club friends say, uh, this is the podcast for the hottest takes about the sports that uh, people slightly care about. Um, <laughs> which. Woof. You know, we could spend more time on football and basketball, but uh, we we choose to be liberal with our uh, spreading of of uh, attention. Anyways, um, volleyball, Virginia, not good. Uh, they did wind up pulling out the first set. They went on a nice little run, uh, but did not put it away. It wound up being twenty nine to twenty seven at the end of the first. Virginia, I don't think scored twenty five points combined the rest of the way. I'm gonna fact check that because. Uh, I think if they that's had, true, it is definitely going to be. I think they went seven and <laughs> ten the last two sets. Yeah. Either way. It was not uh, close. The last two sets were not close. Yeah. Um they've they've won twenty six of their last twenty eight matches dating back to Pittsburgh twenty nineteen. Um so uh wait, no, that includes Pittsburgh twenty nineteen. Uh they've only lost one game since the last time they played Pitt. Time it is a flat circle. Yeah. Um, also, Virginia did go twelve and eighteen, so they did some enough to win a complete set across two sets. But uh, ha, no, Virginia was uh, uh, one or two and nine, and zero and not uh, zero and nine in the ACC coming into this match. Uh, they played basically everyone on the roster, trying to get something that worked. Uh, Tech out hit in uh, the second and third set by a decent margin, uh, including a 448 to 143 margin in the second. Uh, they were barely out hit in the first, but uh, they kind of clawed themselves back in and uh, took the lead when they started uh, being effective on the attack. And if there's one thing that Georgia Tech does incredibly well, it is the Michaela Dowd, Julia Bergman, Mariana Brambilla uh, outside hitter trio. Uh, that is how they make their bread and butter. Yeah, they. I, I will also know. I think a couple of freshmen uh, were in the rotation today. I think at least one started because there was one name on this 
on the sheet that I did not recognize uh, uh, immediately. So but you're, you're telling me you don't recognize Isabella D'Amico. Uh, she's been pretty solid filling in for <laughs> Maddie McKissick. Um, Maddie McKissick, I believe, was in a boot on the sideline. Not sure what's up with that. Um, that is heresy, uh, or not heresy, hearsay. Wow, those are two very different Very different words. words. Let's get our pronunciations <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I, I believe that I saw that happen. I didn't, like, take a note or anything like that watching the game. Um, and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Patterson also got in, and that's a very uh, new name for me, too. So I'll have to circle back on the scouting report there. Circle back. Already talking like someone that works in corporate America. Uh Moving on to the ball hit bat sports, uh, because we have a lot of results from those uh, seven to actually talk about. Softball went one and three versus NC State. They are now six and 14. Uh, not super great. Uh, they were also walked off twice in this series. Once on, I think it was Saturday, and then once on Sunday. So... I don't know how much more we want to talk about this team, considering the amount that we talked about it last week. So what do you got for me? Yeah. um, I mean, you got to close out games. They've gotten really close in a lot of these games. They're they're one for their last 12, right? Or is it one for their last 14? I I don't know off the top of my head. One for their last... 14 yes that sorry because they they did they did end the they did end the uh, losing streak yes uh in raleigh there is that um but they've both gotten unlucky and fallen victim to inconsistent hitting and and inconsistent pitching um Mm -hmm. and you know you, you have an opportunity to regroup uh this coming weekend against Pitt, uh, who is typically not one of the powerhouses of the ACC. Oh, buddy, you got to be Pitt. Oh, yeah. Oh, buddy, you got to sweep Pitt. The uh, – how do I want to put this? I expected the rebound to come against Miami and Georgia State, um, my, or Miami of Ohio, that is. Um, the, the Miami of Ohio, Georgia State, Kennesaw that weekend. Uh, but it didn't. And uh, – wait, no, we played Georgia State opening weekend. So yeah, that was yeah just you're talking about Miami and just Kennesaw, which oh, still point week. stands. Yeah, point stands. You, you'd expect those to be the cheap wins that you pick up, but yeah. uh, here we are. Yeah, and uh, other than that, for for a team that came out of the gate hot, we know they can do it. Um, but uh, some something declicked, and and it's got to click back if they want to, you know, claw back to 500 or uh, contention. Does the ME twenty one ten in you uh, see the need for some WD forty in the, for this team? Um, I, I was more thinking drawer slides would do it, but uh, I don't get that reference, so I'm still is lost. Is the layers the of uh, mechanical engineer too deep on that? <laughs> too many. You, you went with too esoteric of a reference. As happens to me quite often, I should learn. Maybe. Maybe. All right, let's talk about the Monstars that sucked away softball's uh, luck powers. Baseball, who did suffer a um, not-so-great loss uh, versus Georgia State in the midweek, but then came back to take the series over Louisville. 
two to one, including a another <clears throat> nasty loss uh, on Friday, but then they won Saturday and Sunday in uh, big bombastic ways. Here's my like very high level, don't really understand baseball take. Pitching again, questionable. I've now said this three weeks in a row. Nothing has really changed. Hitting much better after much better in those two games, in the last two games, rather than the first two games. You can kind of see a pretty clear juxtaposition. Uh, the first two games were very bad. Very, very bad. What were your takes from this weekend or even this week in baseball? Yeah. Um well, I, the, the first and foremost, most pressing it in, in my still a student narrow worldview is that the student ticket policy is still a little bit wonky. Uh, but I did watch a game and a half, uh, including one from outside the right field fence today. So I got to know the Louisville bullpen pretty well. Uh, and so did the Georgia Tech bats, quite frankly, because they did. Oof, a that's a good Right, right. I, I've been sitting on that all afternoon. Um, I should have let you finish, but good, good work. Yeah. Um. They they chased early. Uh. They chased the starters early yesterday and today, and I think that just goes to show that the Georgia Tech baseball team can, if they are so darned enough, out hit basically anybody in the league. Um. And that goes. I don't know who had this team at number one because it, it definitely wasn't D one baseball. Perfect um, game. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, no, wasn't um, wasn't D one or uh, NCBWA, but uh, they are a very well regarded top ten team. Uh, they were picked to win the ACC, and uh, we lit them up for thirty two runs in the last sixteen innings. Um, that is quite uh, quite excellent. It doesn't necessarily excuse, in my opinion, the pitching struggles. Uh, some of that is due to, you know, there was, there was a call or two on the field that made me go, huh. Uh, there was a play or two in the field that made me go, huh. Um, so it's not a couple, all uh, A couple of weird bounces of baseballs under gloves, uh, a couple yeah. of defensive mistakes, uh, a lot. Again, the pitching performances were hit or miss, uh, that no pun intended. It, Andy Archer I, looked good, though. Andy Archer had his best start of the season, I think, on Saturday. He's also only had three starts. So yeah. sample size low, but I understand your point. Um, he did look good. I think Crawford early today also looked good. Um, Herter got batted around. He got really badly hurt in that Friday game. Um, pun definitely intended. Um it's the bullpen that makes me more concerned because it make it someone said it best in, in the writer's room. It's like, this is very vintage Georgia tech where you just sort of have to, where this team has just sort of had to mash and pray. And I liked being in a more secure position. Like we were in 2019 where, you know, we had, we could sort of, do the mash and pray stuff, but you knew that the top line starters and then the closing, uh, the closers were both solid. Um, and that at least gave you some confidence going into either close games or, or games that were frankly finished. Because even as we saw today, heading into the eighth and ninth innings, things got a little testy, uh, despite tech being up by five or six runs. 
Well, I think uh, you have to frame it like this. Um, yes, we we have seen Andy Archer and Brant Herter in the past. Have they been weekend starters in the past? And 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 uh, yes, last one year. One of them has, of, yes. Yes, last year sort of. And obviously, Court Rodig's been around for a hot minute now. But most of our pitching staff only got this far into the season last year. And if you look at 2019, Tristan English is gone. Connor Thomas is gone. Uh, Jonathan Hughes is gone. Xavier Curry is gone. And yes, you can nitpick. You can probably add more names to that list that I'm just not remembering off the top of my head. And you can nitpick what I just said to death. But that is our ace, our Friday starter, and uh, our, our shutdown closer. Like the, the To expect to lose that dearth of pitching talent to go through, what, 20 games tops last year uh, and to be – to the to the point where they're finally getting some steady, reliable outings now. You know, Andy Archer got better against a very good team last week and a great team this week. Like, yes, it's inconsistent. Yes, control is an issue. Um, but these guys are still really green, um, especially in in their current roles, I think. Um, so... I mean, it it doesn't excuse everything, and I know that I'm arguing against a lot of stuff that I say in the moment, but I I think this perspective is important, too. Fair enough. Fair enough. A couple of other notes. Court Rodig did start the midweek. Uh, He did not get very far uh, versus Georgia State. I think he got a third of an inning in. Um, I think that midweek starter... The position is still kind of up for debate. I, I know we have a couple guys injured. Uh, that we we've been really wanting to see, um, so we're we're just going to have to wait on on that. Uh, there is no midweek this week, so it does it does give everyone some time to rest. We did have a couple injuries here and there during the course of this series. Uh, I know um, Austin Wilhite is still recovering from what looked like I don't know either a very serious cut on his on the bridge of his nose or a broken nose. I still really haven't figured out what happened. On I guess this was Saturday um, in that collision uh, on the uh, on the second baseline, or I guess in between first and second base. Um, so we'll kind of figure that out there. Uh, the, the last thing I guess I wanted to say is Zach Maxwell when he's on, he's absolutely on. Like they were talking him up as like this big hunk of sugar that can throw a hundred miles per hour on the broadcast, right? But yep. Again, it's those control issues that we saw early last season and come to roost again that makes me sort of worried that he's in the when he's in that setup guy slot in in the way that we've constructed this pitching staff. Yeah. He ended up getting the strikeout to end the eighth, but he had gotten himself into a lot of trouble, and so I want to see him take that next step and sort of rein in those control issues moving forward. Yeah. I'm, maybe it's a one-inning versus two-inning thing. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I agree on that as well. But, again, he was a freshman last year. So this is, uh, I guess it would be the second quarter, the end of the second quarter of his first total season, if that makes sense. Um, it's halftime on his season is what you're saying? Yeah. You know, it, it takes time for these guys to grow. That's why – Nobody is allowed to get drafted after or before having. Let me you know, tell three you, years on the flat. Zach Maxwell does not need any more time to grow. Have you seen that man? I did see that he smashed a countertop 
Um, so yes, I, I, I would say yes. Let me see, like, what was it? Six, six, two, seventy? Question mark. Like linebacker know. size. But I. This was a great quote. Uh, like mass means gas. Uh, to paraphrase it, you know, he's. he's I feel like that was the, originally about Bartolo. It um, had to have originally been about Bartolo Colon. I don't know. Did Bartolo ever throw gas? I never. I, I don't want to go look up Bartolo's. <laughs> bitching speeds. Bartolo. Oh my Bartolo, god, he's looking them up. Max pitch speed. Uh his max see- his max speed on his four seam was uh, a 967 uh with an average of 945. Um That's so, not terrible. No. Not not at all, but I mean it's it's no 98. So It's certainly not gas is what I would say. It's 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 gas adjacent. Fine, fine. It's it's natural gas. No, it's <laughs> solar. It's solar. It's ethanol. Fine, ethanol is better. God, oh, damn it! I didn't, why didn't I think of that? I don't know, sir. I don't know. I'm not a propellant expert. Anyway, anything else before we sign off for the night? Nah, I gotta go hit the sack. It's already nine thirty p.m. So, God, you are an old man. But listeners, thank you for listening. We'll let Jake go to bed, uh, and we will all talk to you again very, very soon. Uh-huh.